Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and I'm here with Jess Perkins over there. Hello, Jess. Hello, Dave. And the standing manding, <laughs> Mr. Matt Stewart. Hey, Dave. I'm standing. <laughs> We're not sure why. Some people at work have standing desks. Have you yeah. ever seen those? Yeah, absolutely. It's for my posture. Yeah, they're very good for you ergonomically. <laughs> You're Matt's doing a standing pod. But it's... um. He actually is standing up. Do you think it's kind of intimidating? Because we have to look up at him now. Yeah, and, he, and is he's, it a power the ta- play? he's the tallest man on the show He's already anyway. the tallest, yeah. Is it a power play, do you think? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this well, over. He's, he's uh, having a sip of beer, so I reckon it's actually just so you can sneak out and get beers more easily. Which I'm okay with, and get us ones when if you're doing that. Great, thank you. I'm already getting tired. <laughs> do you want to <laughs> no, sit down there? you're fine. Yeah, I'll I'm let you sit down. down. Yeah, there we go. There we go, little buddy. Come back down to our level. Would have been great just if you'd pulled the chair out from under him. Oh, no. <laughs> and we, we heard him fall over live. Matt, maybe stand up again. Just no reason. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it's it's a little un, uh, unconventional, no, but I'll, I'll give it a go. All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and he's up. Tim. I mean, down. <laughs> uh, if a Matt falls in a podcast studio and no one's around to see it, did it happen? Hmm. That is a, that is a thinker. Mm-hmm. 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 I'll come back to you next week with a report oh, on, on on the topic. Uh, Jess, you're not coughing this week. Well, don't jinx it. I still am dying. Yeah, just, you, just you were coughing moments ago. Hashtag, yeah, hashtag, what was it? Jess health update, yes. I think, which is very sweet. Um, um, we've had a couple of people asking. People are cons- and somebody said, um, pray for Bop. Hashtag pray, <laughs> pray for, Bob. for Bob. Probably one of my favourite hashtags that's ever happened. Uh, I am better. I'm on steroids and antibiotics. We had a, the Real Comic Heroes podcast make a little... Uh, we really enjoyed that, which oh. we put on the Instagram of you dressed as She-Hulk. I've shown so <laughs> many people that. All roided up. Really, you're quite proud of that. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. I it, look great in green. 
the man behind that podcast is a, a graphic designer, and he messaged me, uh, PM'd me. Is it DM or PM? Well, both. Both, fine. all right, great. Direct or private message, both AM. fine. He, AM. He AM. AM'd you. He, uh, yeah, yeah, anally he, messaged you. He what now? Nothing. Okay. Is, is that what AM stands for? Anal message? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I yeah it did come up through my butt, so it makes sense. <laughs> I thought it was an anti. But he was saying he was a he's a graphic designer, and he was a bit embarrassed because he rushed it, and it should have been a lot better. I'm like, oh, ah. that is a lot. Have you seen the ones I'm putting together? <laughs> have you seen Matt's Paint or whatever you're using? <laughs> Microsoft Paint, 1996. Uh, oh, hey, look, I just laughed and didn't cough. So to answer your question. Yeah, I'm on the mend. <laughs> so I, I'm actually interested by the steroid type thing. What's the, what's the go there? I'll be 100% honest. The doctor did explain it, and I'm not entirely sure. It's just it's a fairly normal treatment for asthma. I always tune out when the doctor has said we can fix it with this thing. I'm like, great. Don't, you've said you fixed it. You've said it. enough. It's something okay. to do and with. And then they like, explain, and I'm like, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Prescription, please. And then I'll go. I'll just go and get it. Yeah, it's something to do with like opening up the airways better. Um, what, what to strengthen the airways? They need not, to get rippled. I, I don't know what I'm going to rippled. Get... I meant ripped. <laughs> I got rippled airways. I think rippled will help. <laughs> hey, everything's worth trying once. <laughs> okay. Dave doesn't normally drink on the podcast. Yeah, and there's and a reason it's... why. But I, uh, I was. Yeah, that's right. And I'm going to be reporting too. Frick. He's getting absolutely rippled. He's going to be well rippled. Does that ripple your fancy? I was out for lunch with a friend before this and had. A jug of pims, so um, and got some more drinks on the way. Think you would just continue the party. Do you think you would have been able to handle that pre steroids? Oh, uh, no, you it's changed me. You could not lift that jug. It's changed me and now. Yeah, you're you're a she Hulk of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a compliment. Yeah, thank you. It's also a hot. This would be our hottest podcast yet. I think. Do you reckon? It's, what is it? Thirty two today. Yeah, it's pretty warm. That's why Celsius. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> God, Which I don't that? know what it is in Fahrenheit. I think it's 3,006. Yeah, I think that's about right from my math. Yeah, that, that sounds like the, the, You're the math one, Dave. fucked up scale that they use I over there. I think it's there. like, isn't it plus 30 and then some? Oh, no. Isn't it? No. It's some weird... It's, uh, it's, 90, it's 89 degrees. 89 degrees. Which so is it's a not cool... that hot. I did say plus 30 and then some, what was so that? I'm not wrong, no, am I? No, you're not wrong. What was Dave? That, what was that Nick Lachey? Dave, apologise. Sorry. <laughs> But I will make it up with a Nick Lachey reference. What was that Nick Lachey the boy guy band? How many degrees? To Jessica Simpson. Mm-hmm. How many degrees was his band? Ninety-eight, oh. I think. I thought that I always thought that was like an angle thing, more like a geometry. Yeah, rather than temperature. Oh yeah, I definitely would have thought so. Oh, ninety-eight. Did you, did you not think that that was heat? No, you I th- definitely would have thought. No, that that was slightly. Like it's a right angle gone slightly wrong. Yeah, yeah. that that were the Ooh. bad boys of geometry. <laughs> Well, their, oh, their debut album was called Hypotenuse. Is that, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like a, a great but, trigonometry <laughs> reference to yeah. break Jess's int out into coughing. <laughs> That's very funny. Hype. Well, 98 degrees is Hot-n-use. 36 degrees. So we're Hot-n-use. nearly... Hypotenuse. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> is that what you said? Enjoy that. Um, no, you improved, actually. <laughs> I was going to say claim it. Look, I actually thought, I didn't think you said it, but then I thought, hang on. In, well, he would have said it because that was the joke, right? And then I, uh, no, I did improve it. I improved it. Well done. Thank Look, you for always I mean, uh, I, I think you spoon fed it a little. <laughs> I left a little work to be done. Yeah, that's right. You uh, set it up and I spiked I'm a, it. I'm the Ikea of comedy. It was an alley-oop. But you, give you, us the pieces. You build it yourself. <laughs> it was an alley-oop. You know, Matt sort of lifted it up and you just bang, dunked it in. Is that what an alley-oop is? Yes. Yeah. It feels like we're taking it longer than normal to get to the show. I'm okay with that. Okay. 
And another thing that I've been getting a little bit of um, correspondence about is people are genuinely excited to be about getting Christmas cards with your toe print on oh, them. Oh, no, that is going to be happening. If you are yes. one of our Patreon supporters, nearly <laughs> all of you will be getting a Christmas card from us with a personal message. And a few weeks ago, if you haven't heard that one, I promised to put my toe... What was the reason? I don't... Well, hey, we don't I know, I think you Dave. were riffing, but... <laughs> We're going to put a toe print on there. And we've ha- and Matt said, well, no one wants that. Jess said, no one wants that. We've had several tweets saying that they, they only want it if it has the toe print on it. Yeah, and so and are you going to write anything or just the toe print? Is yeah, that your that's, contribution? that's my contribution. Now, the way we're going to do it is Dave's going to do his toe print and then Jess and I are going to turn them into reindeer yep. and like little Santa f- yep. heads. And uh, also, when you said nearly everyone will get them, is that like you're just picking out a couple of people you say not for you, mate. <laughs> oh no, no. So it's um. I think it's if you pledge five dollars or more, anyone oh, right. above that, which is nearly all all the pledges. Most people have chosen to go for that. And or if you're not already involved, we're gonna be. You have to sign up by December fifteen, and that is only because we want you to get it by Christmas because we don't want to send it, you know, on the twenty fourth and you get it next year. Yeah. So and um. Man, I tell you, I fucking hate. Christmas the day after. I love Christmas so hard and then you just through December, it. but the day after, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll wake mm. up and I'll go out in the lounge room. There'll be a Christmas tree. I'm like, fuck off, Christmas tree. <laughs> if anything, I don't, I don't care about you anymore. Get out of my house. <laughs> You've got to take it down. Well, if anything, well, I don't I <laughs> fucking fuck it off. I just, I, I throw it out the front door. <laughs> Boxing day morning. Kick it, get out of here. <laughs> Decorations and all. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, well, t- well, if you think about it a lot, Christmas or well, Boxing Day should be the least Christmassy day of the year because it's the most time between now and the next mm, Christmas. Yeah. It should be the least. I'm smashing baubles against brick walls. I just hate it. I get nothing, you know, there's very few things I go yeah. from love to hate so quickly. On, like right you now, I fucking love Christmas right now. I'm going down the street and there's decorations in the in the trees or whatever, and I'm like, yes. And you're singing, fa la 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 la. But in, in three now. weeks, you would punch someone from the Salvation <laughs> Army in the face. Yes, whether they are or not uh, referencing Christmas in any way. <laughs> just because of the just, yeah the principle. Just, yeah, the principle of it. Mm. They, I knew they were <laughs> only recently excited about Christmas in some level. Do you just throw I mean, out your so Christmas I, presents? But, Throw them out. Yeah, Christmas. no, chuck them out. I got no use for them. Nah. Hey, Dave, uh, you're doing the topic this week, yeah, right? right. And your right. topics go so long. We should really get into it. Is that a complaint? No, no, no it's a, just an it's observation. A compli- complaintment. Matt's got his Com- feet up. Complaint. He's nearly finished his beer. He's How- wearing shorts. Can someone merge complaint and compliment together? Complaintment. Make- okay. Yep. That's what you'd that's already what done. Was, I'd already done it. Or compliment. It was not as... I like compliment. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's way better. I, I'm not offended anymore. Compliment. At, by Jess. Matt, your word is still fucked. <laughs> Jess right, saves the boy. day. you got a couple more weeks <laughs> till you get a big punch in the face, you dickhead. December 26th, you're copping it in the dick. Oh. Look, to be honest, I was going to go for the face, but you know, I'll take requests this oh, time. My dick is wide open. <laughs> oh my God. One day a year... <laughs> Boxing Day. Have you heard about this Amazonian fish? You probably have in your trivia life. That it's like, it's a, I think it's a myth. I don't know if it's like a guaranteed myth. There's some sort of A guaranteed myth. That, um, that goes up a, a, your oh. dick urethra. And if your dick's wide open on Boxing Day, I'd stay clear of the Amazon. Yeah. Because they go in there and then their spikes come out and then they eat your dick from the inside out. 
and then maybe go up inside your body and eat, eat all of you out. I'm pretty sure you've just exaggerated a lot. I, I think that they, they hook in with a barb and then you just can't get it out. Are you planning on going to the Amazon Boxing Day, though? I yeah. wouldn't. December 26, Don't. 2016. I've been counting down all year. Don't do it. Not <laughs> while oh, your dick's And I'm going to... And I'm scared of pissing on planes, but I love pissing into rivers. Oh, no, Dave, no. It's a recipe for disaster. Okay. Wait, so you, that, you reckon that's true? Even the swimming up your stream thing? That's, that's just not possible. I don't think it's up the stream, but I reckon maybe if you urinate in the water. Uh, but then sure. they're going up force still. But I guess the piss is opening the urethra up. I want to stop talking about this now. <laughs> <laughs> if we can be honest. I was having a really nice time. Oh, okay. It's, we're all having fun until the urethra is coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that has literally always been my saying. Okay, we'll get on to the topic. Um, question is, who has the world's biggest urethra? <laughs> hmm? Oh, that's another thing on... Um, uh, blue, the myth? blue whale. On, on Patreon, the new target is... <laughs> yeah. If we reach the new target, I'll, uh, we'll put Keen for Peen officially in the hat. And you can vote for it in the in the yeah in the Golden the, hat. the poll hat. So it'll be a one in three chance of getting up for an actual topic, which will be I don't know there's what no, I'll do with that. There's but. no chance of them not going for it. You realize that they, you're writing off two other top. You may as well just throw out some. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if everyone is that keen for pain. I reckon we're putting it. I think they all think it's a bit of bit of a, a funny joke. But, but when it comes to down to it, do they want a whole hour and a half about me talking about dicks? Jess doesn't because we talked about dicks for about four seconds there. She already turned. I off. already hate it. Exactly, and I think that's what people. It's are just like not very in the inclusive. I can't relate. Well, I think that Matt and I are going to start a new podcast. Wait, called... everyone's got a urethra, right? Is that not true? Yeah, I thought that was right. just the pee hole. Yeah, I'm keen for peen. Okay. I can't relate to that, can I? Well, okay. let's change it to keen for pee hole. <laughs> that's not. Nah, I don't like that either. Okay, there we go. Matt doesn't like poo jokes. I don't like urethra jokes. I love them all. Yeah, you're Love sick. Please do go on. Okay, I've got we've got the topic here. Now, this is our first episode to be drawn from our Patreon Golden Hat. So the deal there is if you sign up for Patreon to a certain level, it's called the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Package. Your topics go into a special golden hat, and we are ob- obligated contractually to pick your topic. It also says we'll go in order of who has who's pledged. Yeah. Who's pledged for that. But our, our first uh, pledger, if you're out there, Zach Steinbecker, I've emailed you. What do you want his topic to be? He was number one. Oh. So, Zach Steinbecker, you were the number one Sydney Steinberg Deluxe Package signer-upper. Oh, Jesus. It's a mouthful. Get in contact if you would like us to do your topics. So we have to go. It defaults to number two. Right. This week. That's fair. And uh, the man, the magic, Rowan Epstein. Rowan. Rowan Epstein. I feel like, has he suggested a topic before? That name rings a lot of bells. It does ring a bell, or Does yeah. he tweet a lot? Maybe he's a frequent tweeter. Just a, just a bloody good yeah, guy. Yeah, we know ya. We know you, Rowan. Thank we you very much. We know ya. So before I announce what your topic is, we'll start with the, the normal question. The question is, in April this year, we celebrated, <laughs> celebrated, it's a weird way of saying this, 400 years since whose death? 400 years. Celebrated. Wait, what? I missed the start. I did zone April out this a year, bit. it was 400 years since who died. April this year. So, what does that take so us back to? So, 2016. To 1616. 1600. What do you know about the 1600s, Jess? Sweet FA. Oh. Sweet FA. Oh. 1600s. Is are it we... like early America? Is it one of those, is like it... George Washington or it something? It is not George Washington. Are we talking about somebody British? They are. Very British. Okay. Are we talking about somebody who perhaps wrote uh, wrote a few famous things? Chaucer. 
was no, not Chaucer, but we are talking about a writer. Are we talking about somebody who maybe, I don't know, built a theatre <gasps> oh. that looked a little bit something like a globe? I know who it is. All right, let's let let's imagine. Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> was in a movie about yep. him. Mm-hmm. That's right, it is. Come on, None Maddie, other... you can do it. Then Rafe Fine. Rafe Fine. Or his brother. What's his brother? his brother. Ralph? <laughs> his brother Ralph. His parents Rafe. had very limited amount of letters they were allowed, allowed to use. What is this? His brother? Is it Jack Fines? Fucking hell, I can't even think of that. <laughs> Jeremy Fines. <laughs> what does that even J- Jeremy Fines. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Joseph Fiennes. Joseph. <laughs> anyway, there was a movie with Joseph Fiennes playing this character. It was a real life person, and that person died 400 years ago this April, and that was William Shakespeare. Shakespeare. It is the bard William Shakespeare. 400 that is. Rowan Epstein has suggested that topic. Thank you, Rowan. That's a great topic. I. I think that's been in the in the hat as well, and it was also on my list of just like good topics to do. Good but topic. it's a it's a big one. It's I, a yeah, tough I'm curious one. about him because there's so much chat about him being maybe multiple people mm. or you know like he, him him not being as good as as people say or inventing like 90% of the words in the english language that's well. pretty good it's pretty good i like to do that i want to cover all those things i'm so words sure words like grape jessica and uh uh daryl oats and and hall yep he invented those <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> not, not Hall's first name because I couldn't think of it. Daryl Hall. Oh, okay. John, John Oates? It's Daryl Hall and John Oates. Daryl Hall. Daryl. No, it's Daryl. Shakespeare invented Fuck. my name. Jessica. Really? Is, I don't know. Is Jessica. that true? Yes. That Are is, you absolutely sure? It was of that? first used in this spelling in The Merchant of Venice. And his mum or his wife or his daughter or his cousin or someone has the same name Anne as a Hathaway current is his actor. Wife. <laughs> yes, all right, great. Congratulations. Thank you. His wife or Matt. daughter or mum or somebody he met once has a similar name to somebody who exists now. Yep. You already said it, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah, he Gwyneth. was married. He's married to Gwyneth Paltrow, which is exciting. I mean, what an honour. So it sounds like you guys know little little bits there. Yeah. Oh, I was a drama nerd. I know a bit of Shakespeare. A little bit of Shakespeare. I, I went to the Globe Theatre three years ago when I was in London and I bought this little badge that said, uh, All the World's a Stage, which is one of my favourite Shakespeare quotes. It's just this tiny little badge. cost like 50p. I was so excited. And then uh, it was in my bag that was stolen later on the trip in Spain. So I don't have that badge anymore. Oh, no. But I think about it often. What did you think about how that criminal was also on the world stage? Wow. He was just a villain in your life play. Yeah, we all have many parts, as the saying goes. So. And did you, can I just ask, did you like that? Because that line comes from, as you like it. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. His also, face. a drama nerd. You, you, like, you fully studied it. I'm a bit of a, and I was happy that I, I got to do, that this topic came up. Because it, it's, it's worrying opening up the golden hat to something you have to do. Yeah. And then seeing that come through, you think... I'm having that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm having that. That's a good one. Well done. Um, I also went to the Globe this year in August. I saw Macbeth. <gasps> it was great. Very in the good. flesh. What's he, how's he doing? Um, he's, he's looking pretty good for his age. Zombified. A friend of mine. Considering he had his head chopped off over 400 years ago. Bloody hell. Looking good. A friend of mine, his wife directed the Taming of the Shrew that was being done at the Globe. And I was like, really? What? 
directing Shakespeare at the club. What? Very exciting. How do they do that? How do they do that? What do you mean? How do they get that? How do they get that? <laughs> no, no, seriously, um, how do they get involved? That's, are no they idea. a very successful theatre director? Because that be. sounds very cool. Sounds now they were just cool. walking past. And, and they were like, said, director hey, wanted. Anyone? Inquire within. You! We need someone now. <laughs> she was like, all right. Yeah, I get well, it. Never... Kenneth Branagh was not available. <laughs> so they get the next Is best Kenneth thing. Branagh getting mentioned? He is not being mentioned. What the but fuck? He's directed a lot of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you, like? you fucked it. <laughs> I'm done. What would you like to know about Kenneth Branner? I'll make it up. Everything, please. All right. <laughs> well, just suggest it for the hat one day. Yeah, right. Put it in the hat, Matt. You've got the power. You could, theory, you could just make it up, pretend someone put it in. We can we can add to the hat. If we add to the hat, it only means this show goes on longer than it needs oh, to. No, we're just trying to get through it. And how just long trying does to get it, through it. I'm sorry, Matt. How long does this show need to go for? Well, at the moment, it's a few years yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are hundreds of topics away from finishing. All right. William... Shakespeare Shakespeare was born in Stratford-upon-Avon, a market town then featuring around 2,000 residents, about 160 kilometres or 100 miles northwest of London. The town at the time, as I paint the picture, was a centre for marketing, distribution, the slaughter of sheep, as well as for hide tanning and wool trading. main thing was marketing, though. So their marketing of the sheep slaughter was... On point. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, they had, had posters. They yeah. were on Instagram. They were across social media. Yeah. They were doing like um, flash mobs yeah. with sheep oh, yeah, in yeah. London. Yeah. Bring them down for the day. They'd be like, oh, look look at this sheep. And then everyone would like join in and then there was 400 people pointing at one sheep. <laughs> Imagine seeing that at the station. That would be, that would make me want to eat a sheep. Yeah. You'd want to kill it and eat it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and cook it. the hide. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really. It what was, a town. It was a great time. It was a great time to be alive. The exact... Date of birth is not known for William Shakespeare, but it's traditionally... Is it because he doesn't really exist? We will talk about it. Traditionally, traditionally said to be April 23, 1564, but this could perhaps be because he died on April 23 and makes his life even more Shakespeare-like. Sure, that he died on his birthday? Yeah, people actually, that's one of the reasons they point to it. I'd it's be pretty ar- pissed. It's around that time. Sure. You'd be pissed off if you died on your birthday. Yeah. Don't you reckon it'd be worse to not make it, right? Because you get to have another number on your... Yeah. And, ...and tally. Then again, I do like when things are rounded up nicely. Yes. So that would probably make me quite happy, actually. Jessica Perkins, date of birth, date of death. Bang. Oh, how good would that look? That'd Especially nice. if you're 100 even 120 exactly. Oh, or 100. my God. Be better. If I was 99, I'd be so pissed. But I'd be dead, so I can't be that pissed. My brother got married on his wife's birthday. It was like her 30th birthday, and they got married... Hmm. And she was totally fine with that. She's like, it's great. But I'm like, why would you want your anniversary and your birthday she on the just, same day? She doesn't like being the centre of attention. We would never she understand. We, no, you're right. She's she's a selfless person and I don't understand that at all. I am, uh, I'm born on my parents' wedding anniversary. Are you? And I ruined their day Aww. for many years. Because when you're a kid, you know, your fifth birthday is a big deal to you. I don't care about my parents' 12th wedding anniversary. God, Fuck no. Off. Fuck off, mum and dad. At least it means you remember what it is. Yeah, yeah I totally. It's very easy. And, but having said that, I often forget it because I'm thinking about myself because I too yeah. am a selfish child from the 1990s. My, My parents... parents... <laughs> <laughs> we have the same parents. You go first. I, was mine, I don't know exactly when it is, but it's leading up to Christmas. Sure. I think they had a discount rate because it was like on a Tuesday before Christmas. Yeah, or nice. My parents got married on my dad's parents' wedding anniversary, so they had the same wedding anniversary 
every year. No, creepy. that's the weirdest one creepy. so far. That's the weirdest one. Well, because then mum had to like spend her anniversary with her in-laws every year. That's really weird. Dad's parents, not that nice. So, oh. not not nice, but oh just like God. didn't like mum that much. So. Are they in a podcasting? Are they alive? Oh, they're gone. They're, they're gone. gone. Yeah, it's okay. fine. And if any cousins well, are listening, you know people I'm when they're sorry. dead, they're they're hooked into podcasts yeah, all the time. Yeah. That's what happens. That's my idea of heaven. Oh, now I'm going to get more hell, haunted. depending on how much you like this podcast. Oh, oh just this haunted. podcast. This is this is the only one that yeah, plays. This, is, this is on loop. Okay. This is on loop forever. That's, no, but hell. it's just it's just cuts of my laugh. <laughs> and so it's... No, just cuts of your cough. <laughs> Anything that's the same over and over. It's There's nothing awful. you couldn't. You know, whenever people say if you had one CD, it's like, which CD do you want to eventually hate? Is what oh, they're asking. It, yes. Yeah. That would that would ruin anything. Yeah. Awful. Anyway, sorry. Do go on. He is born around April 23 because he's baptized on April 26, and that is actually recorded. So it's somewhere around then. So he sure. could have been. He could have died on his birthday, possibly. Uh, he was the first son and first surviving child in his family. His father, John Shakespeare, was Is a... Is he a surviving son? Because I'm pretty sure he died. <laughs> he was, he uh, was the first son... Dave, <laughs> I thought you were good at researching. So. Um, he was the Dave. first son to make it into his 50s. Oh, Do I have to qualify that? Yes. Yes. He had several... I want you to read out all asterisks. He had several, <laughs> several sisters that died at 49. It's a weird, weird thing. <laughs> His life is so fucked, eh? That is fucked. It's fucked. Uh, His his father, John Shakespeare, was a successful glove maker, which is a little different to a love maker. (laughs) (laughs) I've written that. And then I've also written, but por canos los dos, why not have both, am I right? Yeah, it's fucking right there. And when you wrote that, did you like stop to pat yourself on oh, the back? Like, well God, done, Water King. Yeah, I was 200 words into the report and I thought, I've done it again. <laughs> no wonder they say your episodes are the best, mate. I'm fine. Willie Shake's mother was Mary Arden, the youngest daughter of John, John's father's landlord. John's father's so just, landlord. So it took me a long time to imagine that. Hang on. John's John's father's... dad's landlord has a daughter, so he's like, Oi, John. Marry this bird. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Landlord, not related. But it sounds weird. (laughs) At first, doesn't it sound like you're like, hang on. Yeah. Brother and sister. Yeah, no. It's fine. Uh, The family were quite wealthy. He's a good glove maker as well. Glove maker. (laughs) Not that there's any money in that. Not that his kids survive. (laughs) Plus 49. (laughs) Uh, Shakespeare had six brothers and sisters that did make it. Six brothers and sisters that made it to 49 or above. Sure. Uh, Shakespeare's father, although successful at glove making, was completely illiterate and for his signature, just signed a drawing of a glove-making <laughs> compass. Oh, I was going to say of a glove, just a little head. <laughs> no, it was close. It was a thing that you used to make um, embroidery on gloves. He would just draw that little symbol. Man, was... that sounds harder than writing yeah. two letters. Is there a name for a glove-maker? Just, just learn, Jay. Like, what's a hat-maker? Uh, oh, milliner? Milliner. Yeah, millinery. I what a glove is. Uh, John Shakespeare... Illiterate, glove maker, love maker. He was also appointed to several municipal offices and served as an alderman, which is like a, a member of a municipal council in many jurisdictions. Just so older. He was older. Mm-hmm. Got it. So he's, he was sort of like a judgy type person in the community. Oh, yeah. And oh, then he, get high, he, he worked his way up. He uh, became a uh, chief magistrate of the town council before falling on hard times for reasons unclear to history. In 1576, gambling. when William was 12. Gambling. I like to blame it on William. Okay. What happens when you're 12? William was gambling. Yeah, that's right. He got into gambling. William started pickpocketing. And then... and then History doesn't say yes or no, so I can't deny that. And gambling. Wowie. 
and pimping, which is weird. Pimping. Pimping. Drinking pims. Pimping. <laughs> okay. All right. Pimping. <laughs> William's dad, John, was also prosecuted for unlicensed dealing in wool and mortgaged and subsequently lost some lands he had obtained through his wife's inheritance that would have been inherited by Shakespeare. Laughing about going pimping. Not funny to have uh, lost Willie's inheritance. That's right. He fucked up Will- William's, William's money. What do they called him? Bill? Willie? Billy boy. Will. Billy the kid. Is he Billy the kid? Once again, history doesn't say. So, yes. Oh. Billy the kid. Although no records survived, most historians assume that William went to Stratford's Guild School, where he would have learnt Latin. Uh-huh. Grammar and literature, so sure. a bit of background and stuff. Did he have to do Shakespeare? I <laughs> roll. He's like fucking Macbeth. <laughs> Fuck. Ugh. Can we just do something original? Uh, as part of his education, the students were exposed to Latin plays, so probably even more boring than Shakespeare. Uh, students performed them to better understand the language. Although he almost certainly didn't go to university because later on people would attack him for not being university educated. Right. Physically? No, that would just bully him. Okay. Much like you do to us. All right. Even though, shit, shut your even, though, <laughs> even though we've all been university educated. <laughs> all right, I studied Shakespeare at uh, university. You did? I did some literature. Me too. Yeah. Well, well, and what? Dave, obviously, definitely would have because he studied drama. What Shakespeare did you do, Matt? I did The Tempest. Mm-hmm. That's one of his last plays. And that, yeah, that might have been the only one. I did Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet at high school. Yes, Romeo and Juliet was definitely. I did both oh, of yeah, those did, at school too. And Othello, I did. At, at Othello, yeah, that's a good one. I did it. I did it. I saw Othello done next. Next, what else you got? Fuck it. My mum and I went up to Sydney. That might have been start of this year, um, just to see. Like the main reason for us going was to see King Lear. Because Jeffrey Rush was playing King Lee. Oh, wow. That would have been cool. So we went up and saw Jeffrey Rush. Was it fantastic? It was very good. It's still Shakespeare. So you're still like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But he's very good. But you're very good at making me not know what you're talking yeah, about. But through his acting, I understood. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Did you? You felt it's more, it. I felt it. Yeah. I felt it through him. I felt G. Rush and I connected. Was that the one where he was naked? Nah. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit naked. What, like you? Define um, little. Did you see his urethra? No. <laughs> we were sitting like second from the back row, though. Second so from the back. Maybe so you people in the front did. Front row. I've heard Jeffrey Rush's urethra is one of the few things you can see from space. <laughs> is that not true? <laughs> Once again, history does not say yes or no. So, yes. <laughs> we have to assume guilty until proven is innocent, <laughs> mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. they say in the theatre. They do. They do. <laughs> they say that. That is a theatre so thing. Listeners wouldn't understand. They're not theatre people like we are. Well, well unless they are some of them are. Yeah, right. Sorry. On the 28th of November, 1582, near Stratford, the 18-year-old Shakespeare married Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Who was Cat star woman. of Princess Diaries, Les Miserables, and other. The Dark Knight Rises. The Intern, her best work, with De Niro. Very good. And she was not. The Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. She was not in Black Swan. She was not in Black Swan. I, I was thought Natalie for a Portman. long time. I get them confused a lot. 
Anne Hathaway, who was eight years his senior, 26 years old. 26? Ugh, imagine being that age. Yuck. Yucky. Not much is known. And, and not married before then. Ugh, what are you doing out of the way, you bloody pig? <laughs> you dirty bitch. <laughs> Apparently it's quite piggish to get married. Uh, to not get married. She was obviously an uggo if nobody married her before that. Ugh. <laughs> How about if you're a guy? It's, it's cool to be single at 26, right? You're not. <laughs> Well, you have to, well, I'm unmarried. Mm. Uh, not much is known about <laughs> Anne's early life, other than her father died in 1581 and left his daughter the sum of ten marks to be paid at the day of her marriage. Oh. In her father's will, her name is listed as Agnes, leading some scholars to believe that she would be referred to as Agnes Hathaway, or that her father had no idea what her name was. <laughs> <laughs> I may have added that last sentence. <laughs> Uh, the ceremony was probably arranged in some haste because their first daughter, Susanna, was born six months later. What? Oh, I see. Shotgun Sorry, wedding. I thought you meant that, like, for some reason, I thought, like, Anne's parents had had a baby six months later. I was like, I that's it, uh, not yeah. their first child, mate. <laughs> Williams. William and, and Anne. Anne six, months 18, later. six months later. No, but so- she was, like, three months prem, right? Totally fine. All yeah, legit. totally. And How many months prem? Three, I said. Three months. Yeah, that doesn't bode well back then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what their prenatal care <laughs> unit was like. I thought you were questioning my maths, <laughs> and then it made me question my maths. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure pregnancy is nine months, typically, and then take away. Well, they said six months later, so it's three. Is that what prenatal means? That's some sort of a, a baby thing, isn't it? All right. Of all people, please, Dave, here. do go on. Uh, their twin children were also born uh, a few years later. 1585, they had a daughter, Judith, and their son, Hamnet. Hamnet? Hamnet. Hamnet. Not Hamlet. Hamnet. H-A-M-N-E-T. Is that a name? (laughs) Hamnet. Well, apparently... Hamnet. (laughs) (laughs) I also enjoy that you... Go check the Hamnets. (laughs) Oh, we've got a fine catch. Many a ham this Christmas. (laughs) She'll be a jolly good one. Merry Christmas to all. But what day is this? <laughs> December 26th. Fuck Christmas. Fuck your hams. <laughs> Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Let them free. Let them free. Run free, piggies. <laughs> um, I also, I've got to pull you up there, Jess. You questioned whether Hamnet is a name uh, from the man who invented your name. Yeah, Hamnet. <laughs> no, Look, he can't pipe. invent Hamnet, but he can invent he Jessica. He can invent Jessica. You well, can... okay. How many Hamnets do you know now? Follow-up question. How many Jessicas do you know? They're not all going to take, Jess. You know, you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelette or exactly. whatever they say. I think that's relevant here. <laughs> yeah, they can't, we can't all be Jessicas is what yeah, you're saying. That's right. Sure. You know, Paul McCartney wrote Hey Jude, but he also wrote, uh, what's one of his shit songs? There aren't any. He's a genius. <laughs> all right, great. Oh, uh, definitely, there's definitely some shit wings <laughs> ones. There's some shit Beatles ones. Oh, not, there's some not great ones. Yeah. Right. Hey, but that's subjective, isn't it? It is. Hey. Just like Hamnet, <laughs> my favourite new name. <laughs> Prepare the Hamnet. <laughs> then we get to Shakespeare's Lost Years. Years? Years. Oh. <laughs> it's not Van Gogh. Less Van Gogh. interested. <laughs> it's not Van Gogh. No, it, it, but it does make him sound like he had an ice habit or something. Yeah, just, oh, just lost him. Lost a few years there. Well, He may have, because no, no one has really any idea what happened for a period of seven years of his life. And then suddenly he appears in London. 
Well, I I had one of those. Seven years? Six for me. Just didn't do anything. It's called and high school. And I appeared. No, it's not high school. It was after high school. I just did nothing for six years. Then I appeared on the comedy scene and have done very little since. Woo! Jess Perkins, the Shakespeare of Melbourne comedy. I've always said that. Thank you for acknowledging it. What had Shakespeare written by the age of 26, though? I think Jess's uh, big hits are still to come. Well, he'd written ah. a couple. He'd written oh, a you're couple. on my side there. I thought you were going the other way and you were on my side. That's really sweet. I never know with you. You go one way or the other. Whatever seems funnier at the time. Sure. To, uh, he had one, his first play at 25. Fuck! So, just saying. But you've had, you've had your first... You've done your first festival show by 25. Trope. 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 He could have been a schoolmaster in the country. This is what people speculate. Uh, he may have run away after being caught illegally poaching a deer. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like scholars just sat around and made up stories. Uh, but my favourite theory, um, and uh, from here on out, a fact, mm-hmm. because I like it, is that he joined a touring acting company called Queen Elizabeth's Men after the sudden death of actor William Nell. And uh, the death of William Nell, on 13th of June, 1587, the Queen's Men were at the beginning of a tour around the provinces near Sh- where Shakespeare lived, and uh, where Nell got into an argument with another actor called John Town. Nell drew his sword and attacked Town, who retreated to a to small ridge in a place called White Hound Close. As Nell approached, Town drew his own sword in self-defense and stabbed Nell in the neck, and Nell was dead within half an hour. Oh, boy. Town got off in self-defense. Nell's wife quickly remarried John... He got John off he- on self-defense? <laughs> oh, what a horny bastard. Oh. Oh, self-defense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Whatever you... <laughs> Protect yourself. Oh, oh buddy. Oh. <laughs> Tell me again how it was your property and they were a trespassing. <laughs> uh, so Town got off on self-defence. Uh, Nell's wife quickly re- remarried and later on uh, became one of Shakespeare's closest friends because Shakespeare got the acting job. So everyone's Yay! a winner, baby. That's the truth. We're all better off without Nell. Yeah, Nell, 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 Nell's no, dead. No, 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 Nell. No, Nell. Death, Nell. Nell. Death, Nell. Death, Nell. Death, Nell. Yeah. Yeah, no one wanted Nell. Uh, a reason Shakespeare may have been an actor is that as a married man, he was ineligible to go to university. What? The rule back then. What? what? He was also barred from taking up several types of apprenticeships as a married man. You're kidding. Yeah, so being an actor may have been his only choice. That's so funny. And he may have said to himself, uh, success is my only motherfucking option. Failure's not. Mum's spaghetti. Something. Something. <laughs> Am I right, Matt? Yeah. Did you get that young person's reference? Yeah, the reference from what, 2008? <laughs> no, 2002. 2002, bloody hell. <laughs> Time does fly when you're old. White Rabbit. Am I right? I've never seen it, but uh, I've heard good things. Sure. You've <laughs> never seen your mum's spaghetti? Not on my sweater already, no. <laughs> but imagine if uh, being an actor was your only choice. Imagine. And then you nailed it. <laughs> By becoming a writer. There we go. Uh, then in 1592, so we, we transport seven years because the, the lost years. Uh, Shakespeare pops up in London where he's now a playwright with a few plays to his name, including The Taming of the Shrew and Titus Andronicus. That's what he'd written by 25. How about you, Jess? Fuck. She wrote that really good joke about heroin. I did, yeah. That was probably one of the first ones I wrote and um, haven't topped it since. Nice. Well, so. he got, only got better, so... He is William Shakespeare. Damn I quite like your one about the helicopter as well. You like that one? Yeah. I think it's just because you like the line of, 
Mate. Oh, no, it's a different... No, it's the same joke, yeah. Mate. Would you put uh, the helicopter joke on the same, uh, like, pedestal as Romeo and Juliet or... Well, she's not quite there yet. not Romeo and Juliet, but certainly Titus Andronicus. Hmm, wow. Do you know Titus Andronicus? I don't know that one. It is his most fucked play. Really? In it, like, fucked as in bad or fucked as in fucked? No, it's really horrific. Oh, there's rape and killing and people chop- having their arms and tongue chopped off and people burying- buried up to their their chest and left to die in the desert. And then at the end, this lady gets fed her two sons in a pie and then Ew. chops her head. It's really... It's re- like people are like, oh, you know, Hamlet, everyone dies at the end. But this one is way more messed up. And that was one of his first ones. That's gross. Yeah. Well, and actually, then he reined our, it in a bit. Our listeners would probably love it because they love the serial killer episode. They love it. Maybe one day I'll just read that play. I'll do all the characters. You do. Yeah. Imagine that, Matt and I just sit back. Shh. <laughs> Every time you try and make a joke, shh. We Story have so, time. We have so much further to go. <laughs> this is only act one. <laughs> it's gone for three hours. <laughs> Jeffrey Rush has still got his pants on. <laughs> Get him off, Jeff. Get him off, Jeff. Get him off, Jeff. It's the musical Shakespeare. Do you think people call him Jeff? I couldn't. I couldn't call him Jeff. I'd call him Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, you'd call him Jeffrey Rush. I couldn't. I'd call him Sir Jeffrey Rush. Certainly. I live in uh, Hawthorne next to Camberwell where he lives. Yeah, I'd call and, him uh, your highness. Many, I often drive past the hairdressers that my girlfriend points to and says, that's my gr- where my grandpa gets his haircut, so does Jeffrey Rush. Oh my God. He's just he like get, us. He gets a $10 haircut. He's so exciting. No, he's not just like us. He's just like Dave's granddad or his, or whatever. I... Dave's grandfather-in-law. <laughs> uh, we know Shakespeare was in London in 1592 because he had... Enough of a reputation as a writer for fellow successful playwright of the day, Robert Greene, to take a swipe at him. Who the fuck's Robert Greene? Well, Who's Robert... heard of that piece of shit? The best part about it is... Um, Bob Greene, fuck off. So Robert Greene, he writes, uh, he, he publishes the thing describing Shakespeare as an upstart crow beautified with our feathers, which is... Um, what? It's pretty much, apparently, it's he's him criticising him as an actor trying to have a go at writing plays. That's cute. That's what he says. And he also called him a Johannes Factotum, uh, or a jack of all trades. And the best part about that is, that swipe at Shakespeare is the most famous thing Robert Greene is remembered for yeah. now. So cop that, dickhead! Fuck you, Robert Greene! So him bagging Shakespeare out is the only reason we even know who that fucker is. Yeah. He's remembered 400 years later, imagine that. Uh, by late 1594, Shakespeare was a part owner of a playing company, touring, so actors touring around, known as Lord Chamberlain's Men. Well, the group became popular enough that after the death of Elizabeth I, and then when uh, James I replaced her as monarch, the company became known as the King's Men. Got the official seal of approval. Got the seal of approval, and he started sponsoring them. And this made Shakespeare quite a big deal and very wealthy. Oh. Very wealthy, because he was part owner of this company that's backed by the king. Uh, the group performed works written by Shakespeare and by other playwrights. And by 1598, Shakespeare's name began to appear on the title pages of his plays as a selling point. So oh, a bit of a rap. People, that's oh, cool. That's a Shakespeare. He's would like a Spielberg or a yeah. Scheinberg. Yeah, from the director of Jaws. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can uh, affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Et cetera. Et cetera. The men performed at the Globe Theatre in London, and I mean men because all of the actors of his day were men. Sexist. So even playing all of Shakespeare's very uh, famous and many female characters, it was men. Often, some, for example, Lady Macbeth would just be a teenage teenage boy. Dave, you I'd, Do you reckon I'd be a great Lady Macbeth? You'd still, because like, you're a fully grown man. Fully grown. I say that in inverted. In, what's this? What am I doing here? Commas, yeah. yeah, thank you. I'm going to say that. But you would still be playing the ladies. Out damn spot. Perfect. Mm. Very moving. Thank you. Do they have awards back then? Because he would have won them. How do you look in a dress? World's best dressed festive boy Ooh. slash woman. <sighs> That's quite a title. Good for you. Good for you. Thank Put you. a wig on you. You'd be a real pretty girl. And in answer to your question, I look great in a dress. Hmm. The Globe was destroyed by fire in 1613 and rebuilt in 1614. It was later closed, along with many theatres in 1642, because they went through a bit of a period where they didn't like theatre, so for about 25 years, most theatres were shut down. Uh, But then Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, which is the one we have visited, is a replica, uh, as exact as can be, was opened in 1997 and is only 230 metres away from the original site on the Thames, or as Jess calls it, the Thames. (laughs) I'm just never pronounce it. Away. That feels like a real like. I'd, it's not far. Yeah, to me that's like. Ugh, what's the point? It's not. It's not the real you, building. It's not the real site. Where do you it's, draw the yeah. line? How many meters? If it's forty-one meters, can no, that's gonna be. It's gonna be on the site, or they they had to move it, not with a four hundred year gap or whatever. Yeah, sure. So it's the fact that it's a replica and not in the exact spot that bothers you. Yeah. It to makes be honest, it... I was a little peeved that it wasn't the. Ex- in, it wasn't. It was a replica. I was like, Ugh. Matt. Let's yeah. be honest. You didn't go to Alcatraz Island. You didn't go to Van Gogh's museum. You would not go to the Globe. I didn't go. When where, you travel, where is the Globe in London? Yeah. I've spent months and months in London. I never, never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do on your holidays? Just I go meet to the people. You meet the people in the bars. There we go. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, we're it's drinking about, it's right It's about now. the people. You want to be there with the locals. You want to. Feel their culture, not going to the tourist traps. Do you like... think that Shakespeare is not the English people's culture? No, not at all. <laughs> What's their culture? Their culture is going down, watch the EPL at the Frog and Toad or something like that. The, I can't the Frog think and Toad. It. That's probably one of them. It's definitely, it surely something is. something, the Slug and Lettuce. That's also great. Or the, uh, I think that's a real one. There'd be, you know, those sort of bars that have the something and something there. Yep. That's that's London culture. Culture. Yeah. Culture. I'm from North London. Culture. Yeah, big culture. Big culture. 
Get a bit of culture. EPL. Love it. Uh, what else is there? What else do they do in London? Some sort of like, they've got good music, music culture there. Sure. Do some live comedy. Sure. You know. Did you do any of that? Culture. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I did. I saw some music. Of course you did. Anyway, Saw Dave, some American touring bands. Please excuse right. my uh, uncultured, uncultured friend here and do go on. Thank you. The Uncultured Swine. That's another pub I like to go to in London. <laughs> By the early 17th century, Shakespeare had become very prosperous. But most of his money was uh, went to secure his family position in Stratford, so he'd send his money home. And uh, Shakespeare himself seems to have lived in rented accommodation in London. Wait, so his wife and kids are still they're, back there? They're back there. home. And he'd go home for a, a visit maybe once a year, they think. Oh, that so. sucks. Absent dad. Hmm. Cop that, Hamnet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Shakespeare grew rich enough by now to buy the second largest house in Stratford. Second largest? The Buzz Aldrin of houses. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> did, you write, two. did you write that down? Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> hey. What would another reference be to a past episode that counts as the second Sorry. biggest? Oh, uh, the, uh, the horse. Leonardo da Vinci's oh. horse, yeah. which is definitely not the biggest anymore. Uh, Shakespeare bought lots of farmland and rented it out and had large stores of grain and barley that people could buy from him if they were in need, oh. which makes him sound charitable, but then you're like, what's well, a business? So he's still selling yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, he's running That's just any business. A if they're business. in need for the product I'm selling, mm. you've got to shop there, man. No, but you've got to know. It's, he, he, Shakespeare needs to know they need it, not want it. You know right. what I mean? He's not about just, just lazy consumerism. Okay. He's like, is this a need or a want? It's a need. Please go for it. Take some barley. Have some grain. See you later. What's that? You've got some at home. You just want some more. Fuck off. He's very unpoetic off stage. Shakespeare is <laughs> very, very. Which is ma- weird though, because all the world is a stage. And all in the men and women merely you're never players. That's right. Off it. <laughs> Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Was. What was his? Shakespeare was fearful of death. <laughs> And retired to Stratford some years before he died. Although he did continue to write some plays. Mm-hmm. But they but were all about death. <laughs> More about death. Yeah, well, we started with that Titus Andronicus had a lot of death. In June 1613, Shakespeare's daughter Susanna was slandered by John Lane, a local man who claimed she had caught gonorrhea from a lover. Susanna, Susanna and her husband, Dr. John Hall, sued for slander. John Hall. John Hall. That is weird. What you want? Oh yeah, Dave took a it's while. Daryl Hall. Damn it! That's why I didn't get it. That's why I didn't get it. Every time. <laughs> oh man, I'm so literal with things that I just. What are you talking? That's not funny. Daryl Hall. It's John Oates. Sorry. It's not Doctor John Oates. Was he selling John Oates to people who needed him? Or was he just <laughs> sowing his wild oats? Mm. John Hall sued John Lane for slander. Lane failed to appear in court and was convicted. Cop that, John. John and John. Uh, in the last few weeks of Shakespeare's life, the man who was to marry his younger daughter, Judith, was a tavern keeper named Thomas Quinney, was charged in the local church court with fornication. Oh, Quinney. Wait, that he had sex? Yeah. That's the charge? But bad, bad sex. Okay. Fornic- he fornicated. Mm. The marriage went through, but it did not begin well. Quinny had recently impregnated another woman, Margaret Wheeler. Quinny! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this next sentence is, Margaret Wheeler, who was to die in childbirth along with a child. Oh. She died. Quinny. <laughs> 
just had no idea that I was going to say that. Quinny, I only say this, was thereafter disgraced and Shakespeare revised his will to ensure that Judith's interest in his estate was protected from Quinny, her husband. Oh, brutal. It's not no good when your father-in-law doesn't like you at all. Well, it's not good. Wait, so these are Shakespeare's kids? Yeah. I didn't know he had kids. You've been talking about his Three kids, kids. So long? Okay. Yeah, he had two twins. That's normally Susanna, the amount of twins you Susanna, have, Dave, to be honest. <laughs> no. Susanna, Hamnet, and Judith. Remember so, Hamnet? Oh, Remember yeah, Judith right. So, okay, hang yeah. on. Hamnet. Judith and Hamnet are the twins. Remember? Susanna's the oldest. She's right. the first child, so it must be Judith and Hamnet that are the twins. Hamnet. Remember the time Dave Warnicky asked if identical twins are always the same gender? That was off podcast and will never be spoken of here. <laughs> he asked that. He asked that. I reckon, you know, you're going through the list of things that are identical. I reckon mm. right towards the top. Sex of the child. Yeah, it's going to be the same. Shakespeare signed his updated will, which listed him as having perfect health. He died one month later. Oh, boy. <laughs> April 16, 16, at age 52. There are no sources saying why or how he died. He was 52 years old, but that wasn't young like it is now. So. Yeah. No, that's it's a pretty good lesson. innings in that time, I think. Cricket reference there. There you go. I'm sorry. Uh, after half a century had passed, John Ward, the vicar of Stratford, wrote in his notebook, Shakespeare... Drayton... More like dead spear. <laughs> it did feel like he was leaving that kind of pause. <laughs> Rest in peace, dickhead. Uh, no, what he did wrote was that Drayton and Ben Johnson, along with Shakespeare, had a merry meeting and seems drank too hard for Shakespeare died of a fever there contracted. He pretty much died of a hangover. Oh, no. I hadn't heard of that. That's not good. Yeah. Well, I reckon it would have happened to you by now, Matt. It would have happened. I'm painting a bad picture of myself, or you are. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely helping. We are. Yeah, we help you a lot. Drink responsibility. Oh. Drink responsibility. <laughs> Edit that bit out. Drink responsibly, because otherwise my message might be undermined. It sounds like you have a responsibility to drinking. <laughs> Drink. I have a drink responsibility. Uh, Shakespeare was survived by his wife, Anne, whom in his will he famously left, quote, I give unto my wife my second best bed with the furniture. What a piece of shit. People have debated that for a long time, whether that's a nice thing, because he, would, he gave his house to his daughter, which the best bed comes with the house, and the second best is still pretty good, or that he... Didn't like Anne his whole life, so that was because he's... Well, he could have just given a no bed then. No, but he had such a way with words that people think that maybe that that was a slight, like, fuck you, my second best bed. Well, that's mean. Don't leave her anything then if you don't like her, you know? Uh, He was also survived by his two daughters, Susanna and Judith, but his son Hamnet had died in 1596. How did Hamnet die, do you know? I don't know. Mm, Let's guess. A broken heart. The pigs ate through him. (laughs) He couldn't hold them. Hamnet's caught a whole few, whole bunch of pigs, but they're hungry, these ones. They've eaten right through them and escaped. He died of bleeding. <laughs> he died? He died of bleeding. <laughs> the old, that's how we used to say it. Now they say something else. <laughs> they found just, a, this is just like a, a couple of ribs left. Looks like he died of bleeding. <laughs> died of bleeding. I reckon he may have died. There's no blood here at all. He's lost all his blood. <laughs> What's a quick way of saying blood loss? Bleeding. Bleeding. <laughs> Massive. Shakespeare invented the word bleeding. Uh, his last surviving direct descendant was his granddaughter, Elizabeth Hall, who was the da- daughter of uh, Susanna and John Hall, not Daryl Hall, John Hall. 
Uh, but despite two marriages, his granddaughter Elizabeth Hall had no children. So the for fuck's so sake, directors, otherwise we could still have direct descendants of Shakespeare. For fuck's sake, but there's none left. So they, oh, that's a bit sad. Oh, for I fuck's guess. Sake. She was the only grandchild. Yeah, and she was the last one. And what was her issue? Was it like she was an Argo so or she? No, she had two marriages. <laughs> she had two marriages, but her bits didn't get the job done. Or her urethra was too big. <laughs> it was wide open, it was but. Just a... Just wouldn't say it. The bits didn't get the job done. Is, does the urethra come into play? Please stop. <laughs> Shakespeare uh, is buried in the chancel of Holy Trinity Church in his hometown, Stratford-upon-Avon. He was granted the honour of burial in the chancel, not on account of his fame as a playwright, but because he was wealthy enough to buy a share of the tithe of the church for £440, which was several thousand dollars at the time. So he's got a big monument. Because he was rich, not because he was famous at the time. Wow. A monument on the wall nearest his grave, probably placed by his family, features a bust showing Shakespeare posed in the act of writing. And each year on his birthday, April 23, a new quill pen is placed in the writing hand of the bust. Oh, that's nice. Was he right-handed? I think he was. That's disappointing. Uh, All the greats are. I liked him until then. All the greats are. All the greats are right then. You've got Matt Stewart, Dave Wanneke, William Shakespeare. The list goes on. Well played. Well played. Stops at this point of the table, but it goes on towards all the other greats. Takes a little detour past me, my seat. So now we come to William Shakespeare's reputation. Now, at the time of his death, Willie was rated as merely one among many talented playwrights and poets, but wasn't the level he is today. He was not even as famous as poet Philip Sidney, who was a contemporary of his, who became a cult figure due to his death in battle at a young age. So he was a poet. Uh, during the battle, he was shot in the thigh and died of gangrene 26 days later at age 31. As he lay dying, Sidney composed a song to be sung by his deathbed. Okay, well, that seems a little... That's an overachiever. Yeah. Well, well, according to the story, whilst lying wounded, he gave his water to another wounded soldier saying, Thy necessity is yet greater than mine. Oh, fuck off. What a poetic fuck. That's fuck just off. how they talk back then. They you didn't have the all that was? good words now because Shakespeare hadn't invented them yet. You know what his deathbed song was? What was it? Oh! Oh, God! Yes! Ah! Yes! No, catchy. I liked it, Jess. I think... <laughs> did it chart back then? Oh, yeah. Big time. Number one. Platinum. At least on the, that chart they put at the end of the bed. <laughs> Takes a dramatic sip. Shakespeare's poems were uh, reprinted far more frequently than his plays during his day. Uh, but his plays were written for performance by his own company, and because no law at the time prevented rival companies from using the plays, no copyright existed, mm. Shakespeare's troupe took steps to prevent his plays from being printed. So they kept it to themselves. Ah. So at the time, they were like, no, we're doing this. Yeah. What's that you got there? Nothing. Nothing. Put, a, put Hamlet back in Just the Just toilet paper. Just toilet paper with lots of poetry on it. Oh, just wiping my... But there's my a Cars at the back of the theatre just with a, a, just... a quill and parchment. <laughs> that was the piracy of the day. Yeah. yeah. They, Wait, can you say that line hand. again, please, Squire? Yeah. No flash photography or fountain pens in this performance, please. <laughs> Shakespeare was one of the first playwrights to have all of his p- plays published in one folio. This happened with the famous first folio in 1623, so seven years after he died, which contained 36 of Shakespeare's plays, 18 of which had never been published before. Oh, wow. So it was a bit of a hot scoop. Uh, less than nine years later, it was reprinted due to its popularity. And at the time, that is 
pretty impressive. Cool. Like now it would probably just be on the internet, you know. No need to reprint. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Save the paper. In the 18th century, so the next century after he died, Shakespeare started to dominate the London stage with his plays and they started to become a reputation that if you're good at Shakespeare, you became a star. Oh, wow. That kind of thing, yeah. Kenneth Branagh. For example. Kenneth Branagh's great, 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 great grandfather, old Joe <laughs> Brownie Branagh. I think Dave made that up. What do you reckon? Um, no. Can you trust me? What is it? Does it does it say there if you made that up or not, Dave? Yeah. History will know, neither confirm nor deny. There you go. Because yeah, it's true. true. Well, there you go. A quarter of all plays performed at this time were written by Shakespeare. And wow. on at least two occasions, rival London playhouses staged the exact same Shakespeare play at the same time down the road from each other, Romeo and Juliet and then King Lear. And they still both commanded sellout audiences. Wow. That's how popular he was. Wow. That's crazy. But imagine being like, oh, no, you're doing King Lear as well. Fuck. But, like, which one – how would you make the decision of which one to go to? Which one's got Jeffrey Rush in it? There we go. Yeah, I guess that's – well, at first it'd be like you'd go for the original Shakespeare yeah, group. Yeah, but then yeah. maybe in the modern day, you know, maybe they've got the Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever, and you go, oh, I actually want to go see the, this hot new thing. Do you think maybe you'd see both? Oh, you could see Oh, both. they compare. Yeah. Especially if you are going there to pirate the text. Exactly. It would be helpful to see it again. Yeah. Opinion of Shakespeare was briefly shaped in the 1790s by the discovery of the Shakespeare Papers by a man called William Henry Ireland. <laughs> Ireland claimed to have found in a trunk a gold mine of lost documents, including Shakespeare's two lost plays. Ooh. These documents appeared to demonstrate a number of unknown facts about his life that shaped shaped opinion of the man, including a profession of faith, which made him appear to be a Protestant, and that he had also fathered an illegitimate child. So the public <gasps> turned on him for a second. One of the plays was performed, and after one performance, William Henry Ireland admitted that he'd made up the whole thing. It was oh, a forgery. Oh. So everyone was like, oh, no, Shakespeare's cool. He's not a Protestant. Oh, my God. It's fucking weird, isn't after, it? So after weird. one performance of the one play, people were like, mm, I don't think so. That was not very good. He was like, yeah, I made it up. Thought it would, I thought it would work. Sold some tickets, though. Yeah. yeah. Kenneth Branner did a good job. He did as good as he could. Now, you guys can imagine what Shakespeare looks like, right? Yes. Yeah. Nope. The guy from the Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Yep. Mr. Fines. With puffy pants, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It is actually unconfirmed whether any portraits of William Shakespeare were painted during his lifetime. But several portraits have been claimed to be the bard over the years. The most famous of which is called the Chandos portrait. Or the Chandos. Uh, definitely Chandos. Chandos. Oi, Chandos! Is it Nando's? Is that what you're trying to say? It's not Nando's. Okay, interesting. Portuguese chicken. <laughs> what? I don't know what that accent was. I wasn't even intending to do it. So. You just lost control of your voice. <laughs> I did. Started slurring my words. Uh, this is the most famous portrait of Shakespeare. Portrait uh, Portuguese of Shakespeare? Portuguese. Also, Nando's is South African. That's not Portuguese. No, it's South African. It's South African, but it's Portuguese style chicken. That's right. Oh, fuck off. So, I mean. It's the fact check over here. Technicality, I guess. Well, Matt is the fact it's checker. It's South African. Yeah, so South Africa, isn't that weird? That is weird. Pacha Greece. South Africa. Hey, that's South African accent, yeah. Got diplomatic immunity. Everyone's going to. Now he's into character. Diplomatic immunity. 
Portuguese chicken. Portuguese chicken. <laughs> that sounded Dutch. Yeah. Uh, I went, my, I went... My, my, so it's either the two go-to ones to get into a South African accent are the diplomatic community or... Um, South Africa. A, uh, That's for me. To yeah. me, a grudge is just a place you park your car. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. Now say it. Portuguese chicken. Portuguese chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was getting better. <laughs> one more, go, one more go. <laughs> no, he's done it. Portuguese. No, it's a. It's like it's a, such a fun accent. I love it a lot. How would Michael Caine say Portuguese chicken? <laughs> Michael Caine chicken. <laughs> well, you missed the key word there. <laughs> Dave, you have a go. I'm Michael Caine, and I endorse this Portuguese chicken. <laughs> You've got to have the run-up with his name involved somehow. <laughs> so you can't just go straight into it. You, oh, you just can't go straight into it. Because otherwise now, people don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so this Nando's portrait is probably the most famous portrait uh, because it was supposed to have been painted in his lifetime, and it was given to the National Portrait Gallery in London. It's that famous one behind Trafalgar Square that's free, and so it's really, really popular. It's not determined whether it is actually real. However, the National Portrait Gallery believes it probably does depict the writer. And of course they'd fucking say that, because mm. it was the first ever thing in their collection. It's listed as number one in oh, their collection. Oh, that's cool. Like, no, that. it's legit. Just like everything here is legit. Also in the portrait, it looks like he's wearing a pirate ring, pirate, pirate earring. Oh, what a cool dude. I do that a lot. I'm pretty sure in the Gwyneth Paltrow movies, we're in a pirate-type earring. Hello. What's that movie called? Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare. Oh, Fuck. Yeah, right. Have you, you seen it? Oh, Neither I, of you have seen it. I haven't seen it, no. It well, won the Academy seen, Award for Best Picture. I think yeah, I've that seen seems bits. like that can't be no, right. I was also surprised to learn that. Judy Dench is in it. Oh, Dame Judy. Dame Jude. Love her. Big yeah, fan. Big fan. Do you just call her Dame Jude? Because that is a great name. Dame Jude. Dame Jude. Dame Jude. Dame <laughs> You're in a bad, bad movie. movie, but we don't hold it against you. Is it a bad movie? You no, also played we, M for a long we time. We watched it in um, in the James Bond high school series English of films. When we were studying Shakespeare, and it was, I enjoyed it at the time. I think it was because we got to watch a movie during school. You know that we didn't acknowledge your singing. Yeah, sorry. Jeff. I thought it was kind of nice that we were, you know, if people turn their. Mo- they fade down to the left or the right. They'll, they'll be able to make their choice. That is not how this audio works at <laughs> all. We are both all stereo. We could mix it that way if we wanted to. Well, that would sound weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only two beyond confirmed, I love that, beyond confirmed artworks that depict Shakespeare, uh, an engraving that appears on the front of the first folio. This is the iconic Shakespeare image that you probably know, sort of with that. Sort of that. You're pointing you know at that us bob? like we're some sort of uneducated swine people. You know that bob hair that he's got? Did you get that too? Did you feel that as well? Mm-hmm. Did you feel really talked down to? Yeah. How? And I always feel weird when such a small man talks down to yeah. us. You know? It's like he has to stand up on his chair to talk down. It's like, mate. Oh, and once an episode, he's up on his stool. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That we is haven't weird. addressed that though. I think we have actually. Sorry, Dave. Do go on. Oh. It's hard to hear you up here. <laughs> With your head in the clouds with all the other winners. Uh, the only other confirmed piece is his funeral monument in his hometown, the one I was talking about before, which is also completed after his death. So in reality, the image we have of Shakespeare could all just be a lie based on one or two people's memories. Well, how he used to look. But in a way, aren't we all just a lie in somebody's people's in somebody's memory? Mm. 
All memory is very fallible. Yeah, right? And like the way I see Dave may be different to the way you see Dave, Matt. So all my if memories... you and I were doing a portrait, it may be very different. Mine would be all pompadour. Yeah. Mine would be all eyes. I'm all about these big blues. Matt, at the start, you questioned whether Shakespeare actually wrote his own plays. Yeah, because I'd heard rumours, and I reckon there are a few people who are more passionate than I would be about this, that like, the truth needs to be found. It wasn't all him. It couldn't possibly be. It must have been a team of writers or something like that. You yeah. know what those people are called? Those people are collectively called anti-Stratfordians. Oh, fuck off. Really? Do you identify as an anti-Stratfordian? No. No. I don't care enough. I think that's a dumb like, thing to be look, anti. Yeah, he's a he's a guy. I think. Oh, I don't know. If it turns out that there was a team of writers, then I think it, it should be found out. But what? there's no. I don't get the big deal. Well, these people believe that Shakespeare of Sh- Stratford was a front to shield the identity of the real author or authors who, for some reason, did not want or could accept public credit. Oh, no. I don't think anyone has ever suggested that, but that is quite interesting. That makes sense yeah. because they can't. You so do, they're you inventing these words because they spoke a different language. You wouldn't want um, all that attention because then people could figure out you're an alien. Because like, um, this is your life would want to come in and do an expose. Yeah, who's your grandpa? Don't, uh, don't talk to him. Yeah, don't get near that ship. I mean barn. Oh, don't look oh. in the barn. You don't want people twigging. Yeah, twigging onto your alienness. Your extraterrestriality. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Too right. Do you know what I mean? Too yeah. right. Too right. So Shakespeare's biography, particularly his humble origins and obscure life, seem incompatible with his poetic eminence and his reputation for genius, arousing suspicion to some that Shakespeare might not have written the works attributed to him. More than 80 authorship candidates have been proposed. The most popular are Christopher Marlowe. Marlowe, that's the guy I was thinking of. Sir Francis Bacon. Bacon. That's the guy I was thinking of. The 17th Earl of Oxford. That's the guy I was thinking of. And William the Stanley, alien. the 6th Earl of Derby. Lots of earls. <coughs> but only the 6th Earl. <laughs> yeah, he's only the 6th best. Uh, supporters of alternative candidates argued that theirs is the more plausible author and that William Shakespeare lacked the education, aristocratic sensibility, or familiarity with the royal court that they say is apparent in the works. Which to me just sounds like more fucking upper class people saying that, oh, he was just the son of a glove guy. He couldn't have written this stuff. He's the son of a Except glove maker. It. Thank you. Documentary evidence used to support Shakespeare's authorship, title pages, testimony by other con- contemporary poets and historians, and official records... It's the same use for all authorial attributions of his era. So everyone else gets the same deal as Shakespeare. So you don't question whether Christopher Marlowe was real because you go and look at the same stuff. But no such direct evidence exists for any other candidate. So there's not there's no evidence to suggest anyone else. They just think that oh he may not he wasn't smart enough to do that. It's a bit of tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? Yep. And Shakespeare's authorship was not questioned during his lifetime or for centuries after his death. Nah, tall poppy syndrome. I think it's just people that want to sell a few fucking books. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like classism to me. You know what? Like, I don't have a fancy education. Do you think people listen to this podcast and they're like, there's no way that's she's not her. this? That not is now, not but, but 400 years from now. Oh, okay. 400 years from now, they would be like, there's no way they wrote that. When mm-hmm. people are performing in, uh, these podcasts at, at theatres yeah. and, and reciting them in, in school classrooms. Weird thing to do. They'll all say, Nick Mason wrote that. Yeah. He wrote yeah. all of that. Yep. 
And they'd be right to think he's they, smarter than us. They only credit him on three episodes, but... <laughs> that's, that's a very good joke. <laughs> Considering what I'm about to say. Some prominent public figures that support or that are anti-Stratfordian over history include Walt Whitman. The chocolate guy. You think of Willy Wonka? Willy Wonka. No, what's the chocolate brand? It's like they know, do the, just kidding. the peanut slabs. Whitman, isn't it? Whitman. And what's this guy called? Walt Whitman. And what's the <laughs> chocolate guy called? You thinking about Whitley's? Whitley's. Oh, Whitley's. Believe Ripley's, it or not. Ripley's, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't believe it. So people that... Uh, some prominent public figures that are anti-Stratfordian throughout history include Walt Whitman, Mark Twain. Twain. Henry James, the author. Sigmund Freud. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, but Freud thought everybody wanted to fuck their mums. Yeah, that's so. right. Orson Welles. And the original homewrecker herself, <coughs> Helen Keller. <laughs> Jesus. If you wow. haven't heard the episode on Helen Keller, that makes sense, I think. If you haven't heard it, it makes sense? No. <laughs> it doesn't if you haven't heard it. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that if one. If you haven't heard it, comma, that makes sense, I think. I mean, that's either way it makes sense. Oh, look. I don't fully get why they, these are all people who should be busy with stuff. Yeah, you got better why stuff. Why are they than... worrying about this? It seems strange Freud, to me. Freud, come on. Come on, mate. These anti-Stratfordians mainly rely on circumstantial evidence, like similarities in stories, etc. But a lot of playwriting back then, they based little different things on ancient yeah, Greek stories and they passed down. Heaps of the Shakespeare ones, weren't they based on other stories? Yeah, like other things, yeah. Folk tales and stuff. Most Shakespeare scholars, on the other hand, rely on hard, hard evidence, like I was saying before, actual actual things, rather than being like, oh, that sounds a bit like that thing that Francis Bacon wrote. He wrote all of Shakespeare. Yeah. It's like, why? So he, somehow Francis Bacon wrote a slightly different version of it, and then a whole different bunch of plays as yeah, well. Yeah, he also wrote Macbeth. They argue that his will was mundane and unpoetic and makes no mention of personal papers, books, poems, or the 18 other plays that remained unpublished at the time of his, at the time of his death. Would the real Shakespeare really write such a boring will? Well, it's a will. No, it's, it's a, a will. boring document. I'm no, not, no, I, don't think, actually... I don't think mine's funny. I don't have one, but I don't think it's going to be funny. To be honest, no, I'm starting to turn. Oh, here we go. No, I think... No, that is a, he that just is a very, wants to be the, no, the opposite is, No, thought. that is a very good point. I hadn't considered that. The will was dull. Why would he have written a dull will? <laughs> he's a he's one of them fancy righty boys. Why would he... All of a sudden he's got my final ever piece of work that anyone's ever going to read at the very end. I'm going to like eliminate any sort of this flowery bullshit writing that I'm famous for. I don't think that doesn't g- make any sense. I don't think you it get It shouldn't to have be you get to have will. my second bed. It would have been thou... Dildodian gets my... F- no, Dildodian. Dildodian. I don't know why. <laughs> what the fuck is a Dildodian? Well, it's, a sh- it's one of his words that he made up. Look, D- all right, uh, can you define a Dildodian? A dildodian? Well, no, I can't. I'm not a Shakespeare expert. I just know that's one of his words that he came up with. Jessica, Dildodian, <laughs> um, drink bottle. Lamp. Lamp. Uh, oh, the word, they're endless. Deluge. Banana. Later changed to banana. Yeah, he was he was quite drunk when he wrote that. What's this one called? Show you. Uh, pardon. Sorry. Banana. Uh, pardon. Well, maybe we'll finish in the morning. No. Banana. <laughs> Call, write it down. Write it down. B a m a m a m a m a m a. And there's an L in there somewhere. Banana. Banana. Don't let Bacon get his fucking fingers on this shit. I thought of this. Get Bacon's fingers off my banana. 
Now, having said all of that, like most playwrights of his period, William Shakespeare did not always write alone. What? So some of his, pl- his pl- plays have been credited as co-written, which I'm more I'm more up for admitting than someone saying that there's a conspiracy of yeah. people that. But none of the big ones were, were they? Did he any of the big ones ever co-write? Well, earlier this year, so it's still they still there's still a lot of debate over this. Uh, a new edition of the new Oxford Shakespeare named fellow playwright Christopher Marlowe, you were talking about before, as co-author of uh, three plays, the history play Henry the Sixth Parts One, Two, and Three. But so people, and they only did that because they were able to analyse thousands and thousands and thousands of things that both men had written, and they found similarities in the writing style. So that's how they were able to do that. Bunch of nerds. So they, they didn't find that he actually, like, yeah, that's super just, interesting. Like, that that seems to, yeah, there wasn't actually enough. evidence like um, they found a diary entry that said, today, uh, yeah. Shakespeare let me t- take the reins and write Act 4 of his little play he's working on. There was Having a writing sesh with Bill. Woo, Billy. Had a cup of tea. Bloody great. Good day. That's really interesting. That, yeah, that seems quite bizarre to me that they've given him a co-write based on some sort of a science thing. Mm. Yeah. And... and, and <laughs> You know, <laughs> I don't really subscribe to any of this science stuff. I just feel it in me gut. I reckon you wrote that one, not that one, and that one maybe. He rendeth the lesson. <laughs> Dildodians. Dildodians. My fellow Dildodians. Well, we're going to end with something we haven't had in a long time. I no. It's fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. Fun yeah. facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Here are some <laughs> just fun facts. did fact. a cute little clap. Just a little. Listen up, children. Uh, his first play written in around 1589 when he was 25 or so was called The Two Gentlemen of Verona. His last play written in 1614 when he was 50 is called The Two Noble Kingsmen. Aww. But he had no other plays called The Two Something. Just the first and the last. Oh, I wonder if they're same same dudes. What a yeah, life. Jess, is that a fun fact? That's a lot of fun. That is pretty interesting. Well. He's, he's, yeah. Hey, hey, you start low and you build. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. You've got to save the best for last. I, I scroll through my document to make sure the best one is last. Very smart. I've done that many times. <laughs> a statue and memorial in Sydney depicts not only Shakespeare, but five of his most famous characters. Hamlet. Uh-huh. Romeo. Yep. Juliet. Hamlet. Oh, okay. Portia mm-hmm. and Falstaff. Oh yeah. Who's Portia from? Uh, the well, there's a couple, What's but Portia the Merchant from? of Venice. She's from a couple of the plays. Well, that, well, not the same. The, he recycled names. Right, but this one you don't know which one this one is. I'm sure it's that one because that's one of the most famous. And what was the other one? Falstaff. Falstaff. That's a great name. Who's big Falstaff? From? Big fat guy from Henry the Fourth. Nah. Was a big was fat he Henry? guy. No. <laughs> no, he wasn't Henry. <laughs> He was Jack Falstaff. But uh, I I bring this up because imagine having a memorial in a country that didn't even exist at the time of your death. Oh, Sydney, Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Is there any other Sydneys? I don't think so. I haven't heard of any. There's a Melbourne in Florida. Yeah, there is. Uh, Wait. And they were both named after the same guy. Yeah, Melbourne, Florida. They're both named after the the Queen's buddy was a lord. Lord Melbourne. Um, Yeah, that's pretty interesting that Australia didn't exist yet. And then we have a statue to him. Oh, well, that's, just, okay. that's just how influential he is. Australia existed. But white, not as Australia. White settlement hadn't Yeah, happened. that's right. 
Well, it just wasn't called. It wasn't called Australia, Australia yet. Yeah. Sydney wasn't called Sydney. The way it is now. So, yeah, why did they do that? They're just big fans. Well, just that he's just... I just wanted to point out how influential he is. Everyone's a fan. He's got memorials all over the world. Oh, yeah. I think um, people know who he is. I reckon he's got real wow, good man. brand recognition. That was real deep. Yeah. Mm. I reckon uh, his pe- brand people is worth, know who he is. Yeah. yeah. I reckon his brand is worth multi-billions. Uh, there is a famous scene from Hamlet where Hamlet talks to Yorick, who is a dead court jester whose uh, skull has been exhumed by a grave digger, and he's... He holds the skull and talks to it. Polish pianist Andrzej Tchaikovsky, not to be confused with the composer Tchaikovsky, uh-huh. donated his skull to the Royal <gasps> Shakespeare Company for use in theatrical productions, hoping that it would be used as Ew. the skull of Yorick. It was used in rehearsal, this is in the 80s, but not for performances, until in 2008, Tchaikovsky's skull was used by David Tennant, <gasps> former Doctor Who actor who was playing Hamlet, in the Royal Shakespeare production, in... Uh, in Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh, yuck! When there was a lot of controversy no. around it, it was later announced that the skull had been replaced because people were focusing not on the play, but people were thinking, that's a real skull. That's a real fucking skull. Oh, my God. Um, that's this, gross. That was, As the actor, I'd be like, Ugh. But that was untrue, however. It, what They continued to use the real skull. They just didn't want people being distracted by it so anymore. So they told them they were they just told, using it. Nah. No, we swapped it out. But David Tennant was probably still like, no, nah, I want this for... <gasps> Because I'm a weirdo. Oh, that's gross. And the skull was later used as a prop throughout the run of the production after it moved to London's West End. What if they dropped it? Oh, that would... Oh, Just that, get you, another one. Glue oh. the teeth back in. Oh! Ugh. The Guinness Book of World Records lists 414 feature-length film and TV versions of William Shakespeare's plays as having been produced, making Shakespeare the most filmed author ever in any language. Kenneth Branagh actually stars in 1,700 <laughs> of those, <laughs> which is more than there more actually than are. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Go Kenneth Branagh. Mm. Once again, imagine being the most filmed person in a medium that wasn't even existing for hundreds of years until after you died. Wow. IMDb lists Shakespeare as having writing credits on 1,171 films. The first... Was Fuck. King John filmed in 1899? 1899. Wow, one of the first feature films is supposedly the Ned Kelly one. The Ned Kelly. Filmed in Melbourne, which was like 1890 something as well, I think. Whoa. But it makes sense that one of the so first things ever filmed the, yeah, would true. be Shakespeare. It, yeah, did, did, he, did he get a writing credit for um, 10 Things I Had About You? Yeah, oh, The that? Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he probably would on IMDb, I imagine. It would, no, it would say. Written by, loosely based on, yep. William Shakespeare. Uh, now we finally, we're going to finish on the words he created. We've been talking, alluding to a few of these, Jessica, etc. throughout the show. He invented over 1,700 of our common words by ch- changing nouns into verbs, changing words into adjectives, connecting words never before used together, and adding prefixes and suffixes and devising words wholly original. So some of them were just completely pulled out of thin air. Some of the words he invented include countless, oh. gloomy, addiction, bubble. Ah, oh, good one. That's a great word. Assassination. Oof. Bet. Not as Gambler. good. Gambler. There we go. Yeah, you're right. Hobnob. Oh, fuck yeah. He invaded, invented the bickies. <laughs> Yum. Hobnobbing with the... The, the bickies. <laughs> Blood stained. Oh, well, that's, that's how he died, isn't it's it? Two words. No, I guess. Or someone else. 
Laughable. Ah. Lonely. Oh, Jess Perkins. Laughable and lonely. The Jess Perkins story. <laughs> Olympian. Failed Olympian. The Matt Stewart story. Torture. Torture to death. The Dave Warnke story. <laughs> uh, mimic. Negotiate. And my personal favourite, Eyeball. 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 Tim. That's all him. Wow. That's really shakes. What did people oh, see with before then? He just felt. He invented he the eyeball. What a, I didn't. I feel like that. You, I would have led with that. Yeah. <laughs> with eyeball. I would have talked about his silly little plays. Yeah. I'm talking about the fact that he invented Man. eyeballs. Shakespeare, yeah, the most famous are. optometrist <laughs> in history. Wow. I'd love to. Maybe we can do this uh, on the social medias during the week. But I'd love to see a, a bit of a list of. Modern movies that are based on his stories. Yeah, well. that'd be cool. Because I just thought of, because I remember hearing about 10 Things I Had About You, but it, there must be a bunch of them. Now I want to go and read, because I haven't read The Taming of the Shrew, so now I want to read it and see if I can find the, or you know, pick up the plot similarities. Uh, you'll probably notice Act 3 opens with, I love you, baby, never squat all right, I love you, baby. Well, that must be Nigel with the Brie. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of that film, isn't it? I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. John, Matt, give us one. You got you know this movie? Um, I heard he ate a frog or something like that. Great, nailed it. He's from Australia. Hey, we're going paintballing. Um, oh, I'm on, in Matt. the Matt. Um, if she if she's got black underwear, it must she's she got must. it to be seen or something like that. Sure, um, not true. It's just practical. Does the Taming of the Shrew end with letters to Cleo standing on top of a school building singing Cruel to be Kind? No. I Want You to Want Me? Which song is it they sing? Oh, they I sing both. Like, yeah, they, they do. They both ring a bell. Through both what were their names? Lo- letters, letters to, to Cleo. So that is William Shakespeare. And we must say a big, big thank you to the man, the magic that is Rowan Epstein for suggesting that. Our first Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Package recipient of what the Golden Hat Award. Thanks for so much, Rowan. Tip you of the hat. Big thank stu- you. And that's something that people don't realise as well. Only big studs uh, <laughs> go into the Sydney Scheinberg level. And uh, Rowan is no exception. Huge stud. Muffin? Muffin. <laughs> you know who else who might be studs, muffins, or otherwise than that? It's some other Patreon, Patreon patrons. All right, so I'd like to do a th- big uh, shout out this week and a thank you. One of our original Patreon, Patreon patrons, Patreon pledges, and that is, I assume, the man, the magic, or the magic, the man, that is James Sutton. James Sutton. Sutton, good egg. <laughs> I was trying to go for such a... Such a... <laughs> Suttonly 30. Fuck, that's better. Matt You're... looked at me so disappointed just then. I'm just, I'm just really enjoying your weird husky laugh. <laughs> it's pretty great. I hope it never leaves. Sutton. What's what Sutton story? Did you look him up? What, what, what do you want? Do we Google each listener? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to type in bit. James Sutton into Google. See who he is. James, this one's for you. James Sutton, actor, an English actor known for playing John Paul McQueen in the British Channel Four soap opera Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks, oh, I've heard cool. of that. And also well Ryan Lamb in Emmerdale. Oh, oh they're a couple of the big ones. Well James, oh, Thanks personal so life. Hello. He's an avid fan of Liverpool FC. In January 2015, it was announced that Sutton had become engaged to marry his girlfriend, model Hello. Kit Williams. I told you, a big star. Did you say anything in there about listening to podcasts? His favourite podcasts include 
The Weekly Planet, and oh. Do Go On. Hey. The Weekly Planet, Mesos. He's a great guy. Awesome. All right, great. Well, that's cool. good. So thank you, James Sutton, for your pledge. Though if you are a millionaire actor, you could probably pledge a little bit more. Am I right? <laughs> Hollyoaks probably doesn't pay that well, though, does it? All right. So thank you, James. Next, God, that Hollyoaks. I'm passing the laptop round to Jess Perkins to thank oh. someone here. Okay. Um, who am I? Okay. Yes. Okay. We also obviously need to thank a man and a legend who likes to stand on mountains and just look off wistfully. Is that based on a profile picture or just a feeling you get? Just a feeling. And a profile picture. <laughs> and that is, of course, the wonderful Alex Cossie. Oh, Cossie. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Thanks Cossie. Alex. Cossie. Cossie. You don't have to pass me the computer because I remember my uh, pledge's name off the top of my head. Matt just knows them all. He knows you all. Yeah, no, I don't need the computer because I remember them all off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's one, I'm filled, I'm filled with pride to get to read out her name because she's one of the bloody best. Really? There's no doubt about that. Wowzers, wowzers. It's Hannah, Hannah Scollard. Oh, Hannah. Oh, a scholar of the highest art. Yeah, she's oh, the best. God, she's one of, one of the best listeners we've got. And I'm so bloody proud to get to thank her today oh. for everything she's done for us. Thanks so much, Hannah. You are a legend. And so, the world. Remember that time she had a cameo on Hollyoaks? Yeah, remember that? It was quite a great episode. Um, James Sutton, Hannah together at last. You too can contribute to our Patreon and have your you name read. You too can out. contribute to our Patreon. No, no, they oh. definitely can. Bono. Hey, now, Bono. There, now there's fucking someone who can contribute to more than $5 yeah, a month. Yeah, The Bono. Edge. Oh, The Edge has got money coming out of his bloody tight-fitting beanie. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say his bloody urethra. <sighs> Why would I say that? I'd be, well, I mean, It would be distasteful. That would be a sign of riches, though, wouldn't it? Right on the edge of his urethra. Yeah, if you're pissing money, you've either got a problem or you're a billionaire. Or Mm. both. I'd say that's a good problem to have. Uh, But you too can be like you too by contributing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash do go on pod. Last, the weekend just gone, we released our first ever Patreon only episode and we're going to be releasing one of those every single month. So get on board if you want to hear some extra talking. And jump in before the 15th of December if you want to get a Christmas card. With Dave Warnicke's toe print. It'll be so good. Also, obviously, you can talk to us on all the classics. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think they're all do go... At at do go on pod. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you get a chance and you're at all inclined, it'd be so cool if you could uh, leave us a little review on the iTunes. Yeah, that's really We're currently at 69... On the Australian iTunes. On the 69 reviews on the Australian iTunes, which kind of makes me not want anyone to do it. But please, just get us off that and get us off 69 style and we can just keep (laughs) moving on with our lives. I'd like to encourage you to uh, simultaneously do 200 reviews, so we are 269. I think that would be a much cooler number. Why? Two six nine. Two <laughs> sixty nine. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, okay. And we get two hundred fucking reviews out of no, it. No, that's definitely that'd definitely help, for sure. So if you guys could We'd get together one. all two hundred of you. And just go reviewing. There are more than 200 of you, so why do we only have 69 reviews? We should have 2,069. And that's only just the start. <laughs> Two million? It's, no, 69 million. He really, all he can do is undersell or oversell a number. Just did not have any inclination to go anything accurate there, which I like. Mm. Hold it, playing it close to his chest. That's right. Of the 69 million. That was listeners, closer, obviously. We have. 
thank you very much for listening, and until next week, I will say goodbye. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. Fucking back me up here. Fine, you won't get to say you, but goodbye. Uh, laters, laters. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.